This is a episode of the Keeping It 100 podcast with production done by the legendary, the man, the myth, the local Colorado legend, Lift Chain. Welcome to another bonus episode of the Keeping It 100 podcast show. This is Jordan Rosario, aka DJ Storytime, coming to you live from Colorado about uh, 410 my time on a lovely, lovely October 22nd, lovely uh, Thursday, uh, late afternoon, early evening. You know, I can't really uh, tell you exactly where we're at specifically. I'm not a time uh, time scientist, but anyway, <laughs> we got a great show for you today. I've got my man, Andrew, who uh, had previously invited me over into his podcast that we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about on the show today. We're going to get into his origins, what made him go into the podcasting business. We are going to get his take on the Week 7 upcoming NFL games, uh, especially one slated for uh, tonight. We got the uh, Giants and Eagles playing tonight, and I'll get his prediction on that. We are also going to go ahead and talk a little horror movie. Yes, we are going to play my favorite game on this show that I've been playing with a few uh, people that I've had on the show so far, which is our horror movie draft. And we're going to definitely have a lot of fun on that, especially with the particular movies that we are going to come up with today. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into it. Alright everybody, as I said before, this is Jordan Rosario, aka DJ Storytime, coming to you live on a fantastic Thursday afternoon, and I've got my man Andrew Lenz in the building with me on the set. Andrew, tell me a story. How has your week been, my friend? It's been good, it's been good. It's been lovely here in Texas. Uh, can't complain about weather here, not like when I lived in New York, where this time of year it's getting kind of cold, and you just don't really want to go outside as much, and when you do, you got to dress warm, but since I moved to Texas, I have not worn really a pair of pants. It's just been shorts and t-shirts the whole entire time, and I got to say, I've enjoyed it, and the food is amazing down here. Well, well, hold on, hold on. So there's, there's first off several particular points that I have to break down here. Number okay. one, I am sorry, but but saying that New York food, Texas food is better than New York food, that's kind of being blasphemous right there. So I'm going to have to stop you right on that particular track, my friend. <laughs> and, and, and number two, I am so jealous of the fact that you get to wear the shorts, you get to wear the short sleeve shirt, because I live in Colorado, and it's about, you know, below 40 degrees outside. So it's freaking cold right here. I have to wear the sweatpants. I even have to wear the sweatshirt. So even saying that you have to wear a t-shirt and shorts right now is down. I am down beyond jealous of you. I would even say envious of you. And uh, I, I must say, I definitely miss New York. I actually been to. I actually went to Niagara Falls. I want to say late August. Got to see Niagara Falls, and I gotta say, man, that Western New York is a, just a rare treasure that you know no one talks a whole lot about because when you think about New York, you. Think about New York City, Long Island, and all that stuff. But, you know, Western New York is definitely a treasure. It is. It is. And I would say, okay, 
Okay, Texas food is good outside of when we don't look at Italian food. New York has the best Italian food, pizza, wings, everything else. Actually, wings are, I consider, horrible even outside of Western New York. I lived in Binghamton, New York for two years, which is three hours, I want to say, outside of New York City. And I was absolutely appalled when a guy asked me what, what, whether I wanted ranch or blue cheese with my chicken wings. Because there shouldn't be a choice. You should automatically get the blue cheese no matter what. That's just how I was raised, and that's how it's always going to be. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock the buffalo wings because you know if I do that, that I might have the the hand of God strike me down on my my, my studio right now. So I'm gonna go ahead and <laughs> I'm gonna leave <laughs> that comment uh, alone. But I will say, listen, if you get buffalo wings, especially you know the spicy kind, you always go with blue cheese. You know, ranch ranch it is a choice when you when blue cheese is not around it is definitely the second choice but you always always go with blue cheese now my man andrew as i had stated before i was a i, I made a guest appearance on your podcast and before we get into some of our subjects today i wanted our lovely audience for to hear exactly what you bring to the table in terms of the podcast business what I bring to the table in the terms of the podcasting business is I take away kind of the outside world. I want to be the escape. I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to talk about religion. I want to find common ground with people that, uh, you know, that you normally wouldn't talk to because those two things could ruin something. I noticed those two things always ruin Everything in society today, when you start talking about it, whether it's your political party or what your beliefs are and everything else, everybody seems to crumble, but then everybody also has common ground. So I'm going to find a common ground and I want to do nostalgia. I want to talk to you. I want to take you down memory lane a little bit or just debate nonsense. And that's what I want to do. And I just want to be your escape. Or as I put on my Facebook page, I want to be your member berries also. If you remember the South Park episode, I want to be your escape <laughs> and I want to be your member berries. I want you to come to my webpage and be like, I remember, you remember, I remember, because that's what I want. Is I just, I want to shut off the outside world for at least an hour, an hour a day and give somebody something to look forward to. And listen, you know, when we talk about, you know, what's going on in politics, you know, you bring up a very good point. I myself, you know, sometimes we do get into that a little bit on the show, but I definitely try to limit that particular talk because, listen, no one wants to hear what's going on in this world. The world's already crazy with the coronavirus pandemic as is. There's no need to stir the pot, if you will, and bring up some of these things that are going on right now which we will not get into the show. This is strictly a fun show, and I definitely do not want to ruin the atmosphere of this show for you, my guy. But what I want to go ahead and talk about, especially because you don't want to talk politics, I want to talk about specifically the show that I was honored to be a 
part of that we actually did a uh, recording just before we had the uh, show here today. Let's talk, but no politics, okay? It's a fantastic podcast that essentially we could talk about anything, whether it be video games, whether it be our topic in terms of who would want to do our uh, voiceover who in our childhood. Who is the particular... Uh, ch- He was the particular actor that would do a voiceover for our childhood, and rather than me keep talking about that show, Andrew, this is your time. I'm going to give you the floor. Tell us a little bit more about that podcast. It, Like I said, uh, our show that we did was just simple voiceover. It's just stuff that pops into my head. You know, you sit there and you watch Sandlot, The Goldbergs, uh, The Wonder Years, I'm trying to think of other ones, but there's an adult doing a voiceover of a kid's childhood memories. And you've got to think to yourself, who would do it for mine and who would I want to do it? And those are just things that just pop into my head to do on the show. Uh, Because like I said, I I want it to be an escape. And another reason why I started the show too is I used to work in a warehouse and you know, I'd have people coming in and out of my office and these were the same topics that we would talk about. And you know, we would do this for like an hour or so, you know, even if we didn't see each other, all of a sudden we'd be like, Oh, I got to trace down this person. Cause I came up with somebody else. And that's the only reason why I started it too, is because like I said, it's just random topics to get your mind off of what's going on. Uh, the, I just did Halloween memories that'll be out this Sunday. And it was great to sit there and talk with Matt Johnson from the two point conversation. And we just talked about childhood memories. It was the back and forth, nice conversation of what was our favorite costumes? What was our childhood like with Halloween and everything else? Um, the show before that we debated, did Dottie from a league of their own drop, drop the ball on purpose. And that one, we kind of, I, I, my friend read an article in the athletic and I was like, that's a great topic just to debate with people. And I was like, we gotta, we gotta do this. This needs to be an episode. And that's the type of things that I want to bring to the table is the random topics that you might just sit down and talk with your friends. If you're just hanging out, not really doing anything and having fun. That's, that's what I want. I, I just want fun on my show. You could get, you could do the little pretend mad thing, like if you can disagree with somebody, but everybody has their own opinion, and we got to value that opinion as well. It, exactly, and, and you know that's the the basis of keeping it one hundred. We try to make we definitely make it fun. We definitely make it about uh, any particular topics that uh, we want to talk about. You know, uh, it, it's not a matter of oh, what's the most popular topic out there, or what's the thing that's trending right now. It's a matter of what do I feel is a good talking point that you know I, I try to at least record about maybe an hour, hour fifteen, hour thirty minutes of tape and I don't want to talk about something that I'm not passionate about that's not a fun episode in in my opinion and so I definitely get where you're coming from just a random topic that maybe nobody would ever think to talk about that you can actually make it fun just by being your passionate self using your passionate energy to create that and I I want to go ahead and go back to what you said about your show how uh, the next episode on Sunday featuring uh, Matt Johnson from the two 
Bitcoin Conversation podcast. Shout out to him, by the way, because without him, I would not be able to uh, make an appearance on that show. I would not be able to have him guest star on this show if you want to go back to our earlier episodes of the Keeping It 100 podcast. But more importantly, I would have not been able to met you. We would not been able to record our episode of Let's Talk But No Politics okay on, on your show. And I wouldn't have been able to get you a guest start on this show as well. If you could just re go back uh, in the past just a little bit for me, talk to me about how you were able to come into contact with Matt Johnson. It's an actual very funny story is that uh, I just recently we love stories on the show. Okay, so this is the story. Uh, I just recently moved to Binghamton, New York from from Niagara Falls. And one of my friends sent me an invite to a group on Facebook called the Obscure Enthusiasts. And, you know, just a bunch of pop culture things and everything like that. And one day I'm scrolling through and I see these polls to, you know, pick who's going to win a football game. And I keep on seeing them as they're going through. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is fun. This is fun. So let me, let me just go up to where, you know, it was shared from. So I click on the two point conversation and I like the page and I start seeing everything. And that's, that's kind of where I like the page. And then uh, it was right around. It, it, no, Nick folds. Everybody was still talking about Nick folds. Should the Eagles, should the Eagles keep Nick folds, everything else. And everybody's talking about backup quarterback. So I said, have you ever done an, I, I sent him a message. Always send if you uh, can. I just want to say if you really enjoy a podcast, please send them a message if you have an idea. If these, if, if, if they're even if they're big, small, or anything else, send them an idea and you can never know what's going to happen because me, Sonny Matt, the idea got me on the, sh- got me on the two point conversation as just a guest. And he said, that's a good idea. Do you want to come on the show? And I was like, okay. And he said, we're going to record this day. I'll send you a link. You just, a link or a phone number you can click or call. So as it's getting closer, I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to do this. I can't go. I can't go on a podcast and talk. This is, this is way out of my league. I don't want to do this. You know, I'm no Colin Cowherd or anybody else. How am I going to do this? So finally, I just said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. And I did it. And we recorded an episode about backup quarterbacks. You know, who are the greatest backup quarterbacks in history? And some people may not know. And we just kind of went through it like that. And then uh, I was like the page. I kept on sharing everything out of it because share the content too. Uh, I know Matt. I know you work very hard. Everybody that does podcasts, we work very hard. And sometimes we're, we don't make very, I mean, little to any money off of this. So share our content. If you like it, share it. Just, it takes two seconds. That's just, I'm sorry for going off topic, but these are just things that I like to point out. No, I, and, I, I must oh. say, I must say, those are very important messages. I, I want to go back to your first point, you know, not being the Cal- Colin Cowherds of the world or anything like that. Listen, one of my favorite 
particular, you know, sports talk shows, if you will, is a first take. You know, when, uh, you know, Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, they were doing their thing and now Max Kellerman. And listen, am I trying to be a Stephen A. Smith? Am I trying to be a Max Kellerman? No, those guys are very talented. They they've worked their butts off to get where they are. All I want to do is bring my own stories to the table. I mean, I want to bring my own persona. I'm not trying to be anything like them. And I must say, man, you know, you don't have to be a Colin Cowherd. You don't even have to be you don't even have to mimic anybody as long as you bring your own natural persona. If you bring your own natural style like you're doing right now, you are going to do a fantastic job in whatever you want to do, whether it be podcasting or whether you want to be in finance or anything like that. You bring your own style and it's going to work out for you. And I must say with our conversation that we had, especially on the episode that we take for Let's Talk But No Politics Okay, I can definitely hear that you have your own identity, you are building your own legacy, and you're going to do fantastic things with that podcast and really any other particular podcast journey that you want to go, man. You sound great out here and you definitely sound great on the show. Thank you. Uh, so, like I was saying, uh, I just kind of shared his stuff and we kept in contact and everything else. And I, I, every once in a while, I would, you know, I'd shoot him an idea. We did an episode about uh, kickers and punters. And then I kind of just became uh, a little bit of a go to guy. You know, somebody would cancel, you'd say, hey, you know, shoot me a message. Hey, can you record with me tonight? I'd be like, yeah, I, I can do that. And I'd hop on and we would have discussions and everything like that. And then one day he said, I'm, I'm expanding my team. I'm well, I'm expanding. I'm creating a t- team and I want to go five days a week. Would you, would you like to do the NFL history episode? And I was like, yes, yes, this is what I want to do. And so I did the NFL, started doing the NFL history episode with Matt uh, in December, mid-December of last year. And it's it's great. I love doing the NFL history episode because I'm a big, I love football, I love history, and I love the, the history of the NFL because we see these players today, but there's many players just like that that paved the way for these players to play that the way that they are. And that's what we want to bring to the show. We want to talk about old games. I mean, not just old games from the eighties or anything like that. We want to reach all the way back throughout NFL history and talk about everybody. Well, it's so funny because, you know, you bring up NFL history and it's good to, you know, realize that, you know, the quarterbacks that we have today out here, I mean, we're going to definitely be talking some uh, when we get to the week seven NFL upcoming game section of the show today. But, you know, you mentioned, you know, the greats like uh, like a John Elway, like a Joe Montana, like a like a even recent greats like a Carson Palmer, like a Peyton Manning, like a if I can go earlier, maybe a Randall Cunningham, a Dante Culpepper, et cetera, the list goes on. It's important to know where these players came from in terms of who they studied in, in terms of improving their game, maybe mimicking their game, maybe making some alterations to uh, match their own style, if you will. And, you know, one of my favorite sports, baseball of all things. You know, I look at yeah. some of the baseball players that are currently on today. I mean, they wouldn't be anywhere without uh, even the 90s players, even though, you 
know, people don't like that era because of the steroids era and whatnot. But even the 90s players, they had to go back to the 80s with some of the players from that era and then 70s, 60s, except all the way back to when baseball started back in 1871. Fun fact for y'all, by the way, if you didn't know about that. But anyway, but, uh, you know, it's important to learn all about this history, learn all about, you know, how we started. And, you know, I've, I've listened to a couple of your shows, especially I remember, I believe you did a, a piece on the four three defense, if I'm not mistaken. And, yes. you, you know, that was probably one of the first episodes that I've listened to on the two point conversation that actually got me to know you a lot better. And, you know, I, I hear the passion that you have in those episodes and you're really doing a great job on that. And I really want you to keep up the great work and great content as you always do. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That was one that we, we wanted to bring, you know, this is, this is a defense that uh, just a little bit of background, but that was a defense that was created in like the fifties and it is still used as a base defense today. And it changed the way that defenses were played. And that's just something we want to bring to take uh, even the casual fan, just let them learn something or anything else. I mean, I wasn't born in the fifties or anything like that, but I try and do as much research as I can, uh, put it into the show and do everything that we can to show it. Uh, and it, it's, it's a really great balance. I think too, between me and Matt, Matt's a, Matt's a little bit more of a stats guy than I am. I, I kind of, I, I kid him about that a lot. Is I look at he he does the same thing. I, I like stats. He he looks more at stats, and I look more at players. And I feel like it's a good balance. And he looks at the player as well too, is what they meant. And we're just very passionate about football and the history, and we just want people to know who these players are that came before other players. We want you to know about the Johnny Unitas's and uh, Lance Allworths and. Uh, we did a great piece on Joe Delaney, who uh, sacrificed his own life to save kids, sacrificed his own life and career to save kids out of a pond, even though he didn't know how to swim. But that's a story we want to bring to you to let you know, you know, that this happens, this has happened, has happened throughout NFL history and everything else. And we just, and right now we're working on Monster Month. That was great too. We've, done plenty of episodes on that so check out our uh monster month history where we talk about defensive monsters and we dedicated each show um each show to a player but that's what we we love to do and uh, matt energizes me to do it and i know i definitely can (laughs) i hopefully i energize him to do it as well but we go through and we do it we give you research, we give you stats, we give you stories of players and everything else. We want, we want to paint you a picture of what that player, what that game, or what that group of players was like and everything else. Uh, I did one on left-handed quarterbacks. That's something that's pretty extinct in the NFL today, other than Tua. And th- those are the things that we're going to try and bring to you and let and, and teach you, uh, not even teach you, or maybe like kind of with like my uh, with my show, take you down memory lane to help you remember these players as well too. And we love to do it.
I will say, if you're if, when I de- talk about sports in the show, one of my big things uh, is s- statistics. You know, uh, I, I know when I do, uh, especially my recap of NFL, NBA, MLB, it could be any particular game, but I always know that stats are a important piece of my discussion. So I definitely understand a mad side of things when he likes yeah. when he likes <laughs> the statistics and everything. But what's also important is that history, is that piece to teach us, you know, where did we come from or what has influenced us to, and this could be about anything. It doesn't have to be about sports. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, we're going to talk about horror movies here also on the show show too but you know some of the horror movies that are were at least mentioned already on the podcast were important in terms of i i guess descendants um ancestors if you will of the horror movie genre in order to bring you know some great horror movies and some not so great horror movies but you can always look to the classics at least to say hey you know let's let's talk about this particular movie again because it definitely needs to be talked about yeah i mean and that's pretty much the same passion as we bring down of all history as we talk about players that we enjoy and we talk about other things as well, and we try and find things with inside inside of each topic, maybe like subgenres. Uh, the very first episode I did with Matt for NFL history, we did uh, the the power of the number twelve. How many great quarterbacks have worn the number twelve? And you know, I went back and I looked, and in the seventies. There was a quarterback that wore the number 12 in every single Super Bowl that was played. That's really, yes, if you look at it, because you figure all the teams that were in the Super Bowls, you had the Cowboys, Roger Stahlbeck wore 12, the Dolphins, that was Bob Greasy, Terry Bradshaw wore 12, and oh man, I'm missing somebody else. But that was pretty much oh, and Kenny and Ken Stabler wore twelve. And the less we talk about, you know, a Raiders player on this show, the better, my guy. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but you, no, you're good. <laughs> I have to separate myself. I'm a Dolphins fan, so I got Matt has taught me not to just be a Dolphins fan, but to be. I've always been a fan of the of the game, but he's opened up my eyes to being more of a fan of the game too, as well. And that's something that the two point conversation wants to bring to you to the casual fan, the hardcore fan, anybody else. You, like I said, you have an opinion. We will, we may not always agree with your opinion, but we will make sure that your opinion is heard and it is validated as long as it doesn't cross boundaries. And we look at players more on the field and their contributions to the game. And a little bit of off the field, and I know that probably angers some people, but that's what happens. Matt did a piece on Michael Vick, but Michael Vick is just as important to the game as you know somebody else, and well, that's what and that's what you got to kind of separate. Sometimes is people are going to make mistakes. We're all humans. 
And I mean, listen, we could talk about maybe not just Michael Vick, but I mean, you know, Lawrence Taylor, he had some mistakes. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, we uh, celebrate Emmett Smith, but he had mistakes. Chris Carter made some mistakes. Uh, you know, so it's uh, Plaxico Burris, Antonio Brown made mistakes. So it's, it's not fair to just disregard those players because, you know, they made a mistake in their lives. Now, yes, there, there are mistakes. I will say this. There are mistakes that are more egregious than others that is completely fair but to outright just say you know uh this guy never amounted to anything you know he is just a a whatever you know essentially just destroying their character not talking about what they did you know contribution wise is a is definitely a little unfair in my opinion that i can definitely agree on yeah and that's that's pretty much we did Lawrence Taylor, and you know it is what it is. But we can't take away what he did on the field and how what he did to change the game or anybody else like that. It, sometimes it's just a different time. I mean, I know I don't look at it's not up there with say Lawrence Taylor and Michael Vick, but I look at Pedro as the player. Yeah, and you know, talking baseball here. And he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree on that. He just needs to be there. He messed up. He knows he messed up. Just let him in. Just let him go. And I think that's one of the great travesties in sports. Like I said, if we could have, uh, and listen, I'm not trying to poo-poo on any of the uh, MLB Hall of Famers, but I'm going specifically back in the the grand old days, you know, before Jackie Robinson came into the league. I'm just going to say this out here. If we could have racists in the Hall of Fame, you know, we could have Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. I'll just say that right now so that everybody can hear exactly the point I'm trying to make about the MLB Hall of Fame, especially the early days. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm actually... I'm a big fan of Drunk History. I don't know if you've ever watched it. Uh, it's really great, but it's opened my eyes to things. And you and to to find out that Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier, but he wasn't the first African American baseball player. It was pretty amazing as well. And there's a guy that's probably not. I don't know if he's in there, but Moses Fleetwood Walker. I mean, this guy basically got told. You're African-American, you can't play, and the, we're just not going to play any games because of the color of your skin and not anything else, which is, which I mean, I don't want to get into politics, like I said, but it, it, it's a travesty. I mean, I understand everything that goes along with what the times were and everything else, but still, though, today, we need to just wipe that stuff away and look at how bad it was back then and how we just didn't look at certain players. There's a player that we covered, Fitz Pollard. He's not recognized as the first African-American head coach in most circles because they say Art Shell did it, but he was actually the first in the 1920s. And nobody talks about that in the NFL. I don't think anybody talks about Fitz Pollard in the same light that they should be talking about him because he was a star player. He, he was on championship teams and he was also the head coach of championship teams. And that is something that needs to be talked about. Even if say NFL films and certain things don't talk about it, 
it needs to be talked about and it needs to be kind of dug up and talked about. Well, and, and there's a lot that we could talk about. I mean, we need to go specifically into the, and, and listen, this is not a political show, so I definitely may want to move this in a different direction, but you're right. You know, there's certain things that don't get talked about that are harmful to a, to a particular culture. I, I mean, I could even go back, go to my own culture because I'm, I'm part Puerto Rican. I'm, I'm part uh, Scottish, part French Canadian, part Italian. And, you know, there's some things that, uh, in history that, you know, make me not feel safe or un, or that these topics are, you know, uncomfortable to talk about. But the more that we, gather ourselves, the more that we can be open in terms of discussing a particular issue. I mean, listen, there are, uh, like I said, we don't have to get into it, but it's definitely worthy to at least start the conversation about it. Yeah. And that's the things that we just, we try and bring to what we do is to, like I said, we look more at the player and we want you to know about the player. Um, and that pretty much surrounds it as that as well as we want you to get to know the player and how, what he did for the game, how he changed the game and everything else. Cause as much as Lawrence Taylor did on and off or uh, off the field, he changed the game on the field and how people look at outside linebackers, how the game is played, how offenses do their planning. He, he he changed it, so we have to at least recognize the, that aspect. And you you know you can have people that say, okay, I want to tarnish it and everything else, but it is what it is. At the end of the day, he played the game. He played the game great. He in, he is in my mind the greatest defensive player of all time. And his off the field issues are his own personal issues. They're not mine. And they're not going to change the way that I look at a player because the player and the person are two different things. And that's just how I look at it. And it's just as fair to talk about, you know, uh, going to a Bronco player that, you know, contributed to our two Super Bowl wins back in the 1990s, Bill Romanowski. I mean, he was a part of that Super Bowl championship winning team and he helped us get there. But there are things from his past, even things from his uh, present that do need to be discussed in a entire light. We have to uh, keep it 100 on Bill Romanowski if I yeah. <laughs> may, if I may plug the show's title in right now. <laughs> Roll credits. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but let's go ahead. Speaking of the NFL, let's move forward and stay away for some political stuff and talk about some of the upcoming games that we have including tonight now we've got first the uh, new york giants and the philadelphia eagles in this particular game i expect the philadelphia eagles to beat the new york giants what say you i think it's going to be the giants i i don't think the eagles they look lost on offense when i do see them uh they don't have any wide receivers. I mean, I know the Giants don't have any offensive line, but the Eagles don't have any wide receivers. The Giants, I think this is a team that 
I feel the Giants are going to win because there's always something weird on Thursday nights, and it's not always the best game. So I, I'm I would have to say the Giants. Now, if I could say something, yes, the Philadelphia Eagles, the wide receiver death is pretty terrible. The Giants offensive line does stink like uh, like the, the New York Metropolitan garbage that's out there. But what I can say about the Philadelphia Eagles is that they have a running back. Uh, I could not name you the, the Giants running back that they have currently, but I'm sure that he is no Saquon Barkley in everybody's eyes. And when I look at head coach strength, I'm definitely... Definitely giving uh, Jock Peter. Um, I'm sorry, excuse me, uh, but um, I'm definitely giving the uh, head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the Doug Peterson. Sorry, uh, I'm giving Doug Peterson over the edge over uh, Joe Judge in terms of who do I trust more to lead a team, and that's why I'm going to go with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles on this one. Yeah, I still, I still want, I still think the Giants. Still think the Giants there. Well, we'll uh, we'll definitely have to see what happens uh, later tonight, and then you know we'll uh, we'll we'll get into it a little bit. You know, do a little bit of showboating. Whoever wins that uh, particular matchup, but let's go ahead and move forward to the next game that we got on the list: uh, the Detroit Lions and the Atlanta. I finally did not blow a lead, Falcons. The uh, Detroit is going to Atlanta this in this particular matchup, and when I look at who Atlanta played, listen, Kirk Cousins. Had his time. He is not the quarterback that everyone thought he was going to be. And certainly, Matt Stafford is a lot better, a lot better than Kirk Cousins. And so I do expect Detroit to somehow get the victory in Atlanta, get themselves over the hump to uh, at least 500. Uh, What say you, Andrew? I think this one's going to go... Oh, this is so hard. And I I, I think... (laughs) Not to... no disrespect. I think you're talking about Matt Ryan for the Falcons. No, I'm talking about Ma- uh, Matthew Stafford for the Detroit Lions. Oh no, but you said Kirk Cousins. No, I would. So uh, allow me to uh, allow me to re- uh, okay. elaborate. So Kirk Cousins was um, the Matt Ryan's uh, opponent last game where Atlanta won. And what I'm saying is Matthew Stafford is a, a, a lot better, a lot better than Kirk Cousins. And so that's why I'm picking Detroit to win because you know now Atlanta is going up against a, a competent quarterback. Ah, uh, see, I don't. I'm not a big Matt Stafford fan. Really? I am not. I go with, uh, there's a guy, Rob Parker. He's a sports writer. And he calls him Stat Padford. <laughs> and I heard that and I was like, you know, he, he kind of is. I mean, I do like Matt Stafford. I don't, I don't like this Lions team. We, you know, you talked about coaches the last time. I don't think Matt Patricia could do too much. And I think for some reason, Atlanta is going to rally around Raheem Morris. And I think they're going to win this. I think they're going to start kind of looking themselves in the mirror and saying, we are a hundred times better than this. And we're going to win this. So I'm going to pick Atlanta. 
All right, so we've got uh, I've got Detroit, you've got Atlanta. That's uh, we're we're two for two in terms of uh, disagreements here, but that's okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know that 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 makes the show here a little bit more fun. But I will say to your credit, I, I do believe that some of Matthew Stafford's great stats do come from a garbage time, if you will. But you know the yes. Falcons are garbage, so this should be pure garbage time for Matthew Stafford, if I could coin a phrase here. I mean, Atlanta Falcons—they're probably going to tank for Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion. So. That's why I'm going Detroit, but I will wait to see uh, what happens in in this particular game. Our next matchup here is the uh, Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Joe Burrow, I love the kid. I think he's going to be a star in this league, but the problem is he's playing under the bungles. So he's not real. I don't expect him to in terms of having a great record with this team. Cleveland, yes, they had a disappointing loss at Pittsburgh where they absolutely got outperformed on defense, offense, special teams, you name it. They absolutely got a shellacking done to them by the Pittsburgh Steelers. However, they will bounce back and take the victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, What say you, my man? I'm going to go with the Browns. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. Uh, I I think the Bengals have the better quarterback in this game, but I feel the Browns have way more firepower on offense after, you know, they traded for Odell signing or trading for Jarvis Landry and, uh, you know, everything else, even if Nick Chubb is out, they still have Kareem Hunt. So I'm going to go with the Browns just because I don't think that offensive line for the Bengals is going to be able to handle the defensive line for, for um, def- yeah, the defensive line for the Browns. So I'm definitely going to go Browns on this one. But I do have to say, I think Joe Burrow is a much better quarterback than uh, Baker Mayfield. In my eyes, when we look at the better quarterback matchup, who has the better quarterback, I will agree with you. It is Joe Burrow. But I will say this about Baker Mayfield before we get on him. I just don't like the organization that he's playing for. I mean, we called Cleveland the factory of sadness Browns for a reason because they are a factory of sadness. They have always been that way since 1999 when they got back into the league. So I will hold my comments on Baker Mayfield in terms of how I think of him as a quarterback until he goes to a different team. Uh, definitely do not put him on the Jets because at that point I will write Baker Mayfield off because the Jets are so dang terrible, which we will get into because, you know, they're playing a, uh, a particular opponent. Op- I believe they're playing a tech. Yep. They are playing a particular opponent. So we will uh, hold talk on them for just a moment. So we are both going Browns, but we sa- it sounds like it is going to be a close game for sure. Now, this next game that is coming up, and listen, they did, the NFL did the whole flex thing in terms of flexing schedules, but I think this should have been the game that should have been flexed over to Sunday night. We've got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Tennessee Titans. Both of these teams undefeated. Both of these teams going to Nashville. I look at these teams, right? And I say, both of them have decent quarterbacks. One of them has a better running back, and that's Derrick Henry. Both of them have decent head coaches. I would say Pittsburgh has the better defense, but when I look at the entirety of the situation, I think Tennessee is going to win at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, What about you? This is just going to be just... 
I think this is a, a very much a toss-up game. Uh, if we're going to go overall, just everything packaged, I would go the Steelers, but the Titans have been playing very, very well. So I want to say the Titans, but Roethlisberger and Clay's, uh, Chase Claypool have been on fire the past couple of days. So this is... I'm going to go... I have family in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm going to go Pittsburgh. Just because I have family in Pittsburgh, I'm not taking anything away from the Titans. I'm just going Pittsburgh that way because it's it, it's a coin flip in my mind. It, it really is. These are two just really good teams. Steelers have the better quarterback. The Titans have the better uh, running back. Defensive-wise, like you said, it's the Steelers. Head coach. It's uh, you, you can't default Tomlin. He, I mean, he took a crappy team almost to the playoffs last year. So I'm going to go with the Steelers. In my, in, in my heart, I'm going to go with the Steelers on this one. And you're right. This is a toss-up game. If you would have said Pittsburgh or Tennessee, I couldn't blame you. Both of these teams are playing pretty well right now. I expect both of these teams to go into the playoffs, so we might be seeing a postseason matchup between these two teams because of how well they are performing. I will uh, listen. Roethlisberger, he can turn it on whenever he wants to. He has definitely proven the haters wrong this season. It is definitely going to be a very, very fun game to start your Sunday morning when that game comes along or you know if you're living in the eastern standard time to start your afternoon I should say but anyway The next game that we got going on here is the Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. Oh, when I look at both of these teams, right? You know, Teddy Bridgewater, he had fun bringing this team to an even 500 record, but they're playing in New Orleans. They're playing with the Drew Brees. They're playing with the Alvin Kamara. They're playing with the Michael Thomas, who's back with the Emmanuel Sanders and, and all the boys out there. And, you know, Sean Payton can coach you some offense. So I am going to go ahead and pick the Saints to win at home against Carolina. What about you? I think Michael Thomas is out. Oh, is he out? Let me go ahead and get a uh, let me get an update on that before I... I want to uh, say with all my... Oh, man. Where is... Okay, it looks like he is a non-participant in practice today. So I would say he's he's doubtful. He's definitely questionable, but he's not uh, out of the mix yet, if I I could coin a phrase. Uh, So this one is very... Breeze hasn't been Breeze this year. That I will agree with you on. Father Time has caught up with him. The Panthers behind Teddy Bridgewater have been kind of shocking in a way because Bridgewater, I wouldn't say he's been playing lights out, but he is, he has been playing very, very well for a guy that 
pretty much had no career a couple of years ago because he shredded his knee and they weren't even sure he was going to play again. The Panthers are just kind of flying where the Saints, I think the Saints need it more, but the Panthers could pull something out here. This is going to be difficult. Uh, Oh, this this is interesting. Yeah. I'm going to, you know what? I love Teddy Bridgewater. I always, (laughs) since he was in college, I love his story. And Breeze isn't Breeze anymore. I am going to, and Michael Thomas is still kind of in question and he's having issues and everything else. I'm going to go with the Panthers. Whoa. Having an upset there. I, 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 this Panther team is not 100% horrible. They're not that bad at all. I think Teddy Bridgewater is maybe, how do I even, put Teddy Bridgewater into words. I don't think he's, he doesn't have the greatest arm. Uh, I think he's maybe a step or two above, say a Tyrod Taylor, a guy that can get you games. He's, he's not going to, he, I think he could win you more games than what Tyrod could do. I think he could actually kind of win you a game where Tyrod is kind of a back and forth type thing. But I think, I think the Panthers win this one. I'm yeah, I'm going to go with the Panthers. You know, uh, that, that, that is definitely a, uh, a, a wild pick, I will say. Now, I, I won't blame you because, uh, I, I did say last week when I had, uh, Matt Johnson here on the show that the Broncos would beat the Patriots, you know, and my prophecy did come to, come to light. So we will be talking about both of those teams later. So I will say, you know what? I, I have faith with your pick, have the confidence, have the courage to say it because you could have to end up being right in this show and making me look like the <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and move on to our next game i don't believe that this is going to be a it, there's not going to be much disagreement between this between this for the both you and I. The Buffalo Bills of the New York Jets. The Bills are going to absolutely destroy these New York Jets. They need to get back into the swing of things after the non-victory against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to take it out on the New York whatever they are Jets. So I, I expect the Buffalo Bills blowout, a uh, blowout, I should say. Well, about you. Uh, these are actually my two most hated teams in the NFL as a Dolphins fan. I bet. And uh, I hate the Jets more. I met Sean McDermott, and he, to keep with the thing, is he is 100 on the field, and he is 100 off the field. To keep to go with the title of your podcast, you know, he's... Roll credits. The same as, yeah. <laughs> he looks the same way uh, when I met him in real life talk the same way as he does in a press conference. And I like Sean McDermott. I, I, I think this is, I've stated before on the two point conversation. I think this is a good bills team, not a great bills team. And I just, I'm definitely picking the bills. 
Yeah, uh, listen, if you're picking the Jets here, and not to uh, not to disrespect the Jets because my uh, brother who is kicking some ass, and we can't curse on this show, so I'll let you know that uh, right off the bat, Andrew, but my brother is kicking okay. ass at the Illinois Institute of Technology as a as a uh, as a freshman at the uh, as a freshman doing a civil engineering program. Sorry, I don't know what what was going on with my brain, but uh, he's kicking butt over there, and we are definitely having a he is definitely having a great time over there. So, what am I trying to say? I'm not trying to disrespect the Jets, but you know they are terrible this year. We just got to face facts here. The uh, next game that we got going on is the Dallas Cowboys at the uh, Washington Whatevers. Now, listen, normally on any given Sunday, I would say to you, the Dallas Cowboys are going to wipe the floor with this team. However, they do not have Dak Prescott playing quarterback, but instead they have a quarterback by the name of Andy Dalton uh, playing in this particular game. And so... With looking at all that, I am going to pick the upset. I think the Washington whatever team is going to beat the Dallas Cowboys uh, in this game. And we're going to make that NFC awful division or the NFC East division uh, very interesting in terms of just who is going to be the best, uh, the, the, the worst loser in this particular division. Uh, what say you, Andrew? Yeah, this one is another. It, it, like you said, it should be the Cowboys, but it could be Washington. It's the the whole entire division is just one big toss up. Uh, where are they? Uh, where are they playing at? Washington. I'll take Washington too, <clears throat> just because it's just I'll take the home team. Yeah, yeah, I mean, listen, when you look at the fact that this particular matchup is, there's not a great quarterback out there. Uh, Andy Dalton is still seeing ghosts from Cincinnati, and Kyle Allen is, you know, Kyle Allen, you know, no one expects a whole lot out of him. So this is going to be a low scoring, just a mundane contest, not the traditional Cowboys, uh, whatever, because we can't say that other name, or at least I will not repeat it on this airwave because that is no longer their name. But, you know, that rivalry it definitely is not going to make its shine in this particular matchup. Now, the next particular opponent that we have is the Green Bay Packers at the Houston Texans. Green Bay is not going to stink up the joint two games in a row. Now with Aaron Rodgers, I don't believe that in him. And the Houston Texans are one and five. They're going to get smoked by Green Bay in this particular game. Uh, what are your thoughts? I'm going with the Packers too, just uh, because I don't want to go back. Uh, in one of the Facebook groups I'm in, we do a survivor pick. And the Packers are my survivor pick this week. I've just survived through six weeks of NFL football, picking the correct winner for at least, you know, just one game. And so I'm going to go with the Packers just because I already typed it in somewhere. So it's set in stone Packers. Yeah, you know, it says in the, you know, when we talk about set in stone, I mean, you know, it has the Ten Commandments in there. Aaron Rodgers does not lose twice in a row, or at least that's what it should be saying in the NFL Commandments, but uh, the Packers are not going to lose again. I, I, I just don't see it. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Las Vegas Raiders are going up here next. Now, listen. 
We had talked about the Raiders before, how I did want to mention them on these airways because every time I do, I always get nauseated. You know, I get the I get the worst sensation of flu-like symptoms and all that. Not to, not to joke about the coronavirus because that's a serious thing. But, uh, you know, whenever I talk about the Raiders, I don't feel good. I have to get Pepto-Bismol. I have to, you know, make sure that I keep myself composed and uh, not go deathly ill by talking about the Raiders. But we are going to be talking about the Raiders in this particular piece as much as I hate to say it I think they are going to defend their home turf at Allegiant Stadium and actually pick up the win against Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh what are your thoughts on this game my guy I'm gonna go with the Bucs that Bucs defense looked really good uh we saw a flash I'm hoping it's more than a flash but of Tom Brady to Gronk once again where Gronk's just not a blocker and if they can keep that momentum going, this is going to be a dangerous team. So I'm going to go with the Bucs. I think I'm hoping they keep the momentum going. I'm thinking they're going to keep the momentum going. So I'm going to go with the Bucs. Uh, wow. So I get it, though. You I mean, Tom Brady, they have a huge momentum win after their victory over the Green Bay Packers at home. Although the Las Vegas Raiders should also have some momentum. I mean, they did beat the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, that team with the uh, the best goddamn quarterback on the planet and Patrick Mahomes. So I will I will give them a little bit of credit, even though I really don't want to. I want to make any particular excuse in the world to say that the Raiders are going to lose. But I just do not see it, my guy. I just don't see it in this particular game. But we will, uh, we will let that game play out and see what happens. Now, I know we're going to have a disagreement in this next game. I just know it, you know, because here's why. Kansas City Chiefs, Denver Broncos. Yes, you could tell me that the best goddamn quarterback on the planet lies within the Kansas City Chiefs. You could tell me that the wide receivers land with the Kansas City Chiefs. You could tell me that the best tight end for the game in that particular game is with the Kansas City Chiefs. You could even tell me head coach if you'd like, but... This particular defense, now we just got over the fact that Tennessee wiped the floor with Buffalo, had about put up 42 points against the Houston Texans, but remember, this defense held Tennessee to 16, and they really should have been held by 9 if Melvin Gordon didn't fumble the ball in our own end zone, but I will leave that particular point alone. So, what am I actually trying to say here? I think, because in my mind, as crazy as it is, as uh, as foolish, maybe, as fanatical, as a Homer-based bias, Denver bias, whatever you want to call it, I have said from the start that Denver is going to win this division. And in order to do that, we will need to go 10-1 in our next 11 games. We are going to take the victory over Kansas City and put ourselves back on the map in terms of division contention. Now, Andrew, take it away and say how wrong I am. If it was like five years down the line, I would say that you're not as crazy. Uh, I really like the Broncos. I watched uh, Drew Locke play a little bit, and he keeps on progressing. He's going to be a beast in the NFL, uh, I feel. But you're playing the Chiefs, like you said, and you just kind of made every, you did a little eight mile to me. You made every single point for me already. So, the Chiefs. You know, I'm I'm not surprised by that answer. Like I said, I, 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 a lot of people are going to tell me, Jordan, 
you are definitely smoking the, the, the stuff that's out there in Colorado. You're definitely by saying that the Broncos are going to win. So I don't blame you. I really don't. But uh, at the end of the day, I am going with a Broncos victory, no matter how irrational, no matter how biased that sounds. It is definitely going to be a Denver victory in my eyes, period. Now, the next game that we got going on, on the list is a San Francisco at the New England Patriots. Now, San Francisco, they p- picked up the win over the Los Angeles Rams, as I predicted, because I do believe the Los Angeles Rams are a fraudulent team, considering where those four victories have come from. We had just talked about the NFC Least Division, so I'll leave it there. However, New England, listen, DeCan Newton had the greatest game against the Broncos uh, when the Broncos beat the New England Patriots. Just want to rub that fact in there. No, he did not. Uh, there was COVID at play. You know, not a lot of practice was done with the New England Patriots. So there isn't a particular, you know, the factors that were in that particular game were definitely there in terms of, you know, not enough practice and everything like that. So with a practice prepared Patriots, there's some alliteration for you. And with Jimmy G coming back to his old stopping grounds and Bill Belichick kind of knowing what he's about, I'm going to go with the Patriots to take the home victory against the 49ers, Andrew. Those are my thoughts. I agree with you there, and I'm kind of I'm kind of sad that we got robbed in a way with Brady signing with the Buccaneers. It would have been really great to put in a nice Tom Brady, Jimmy G matchup, you know, like when you go look back and you got the Favre versus Rogers or Young versus Montana, we got robbed of that in this game. But if Ryan Fitzpatrick can beat the 49ers, Cam Newton can beat the 49ers. So definitely the Patriots. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, you look at the AFC East. I mean, the only team that could not possibly beat the 49ers, like they could beat anybody, is the New York uh, whatever's from uh, the Jets, if if you will. You know, they the, the Jets are so bad. I mean, they they produce. Yeah, I've, all, I've said this before. They, they're like gangrene, not the actual team name, but like the disease that, you know, that happens uh, to your body. But um when we look at the Patriots, I do believe that they are a lot better than they showed us last week. Uh, San Francisco got a win over the Rams, which is great, but they're definitely not as strong as we predict as I predicted they were going to be at the start of the season. So New England definitely takes the victory there. Uh, and then with the Jacksonville Los Angeles game, so the Jaguars Los Angeles Rams. Listen, even though I think the the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are kind of terrible, let's be honest. And the Los Angeles, I meant to say Chargers, not Rams. Los Angeles Chargers uh, have a promising quarterback in Justin Herbert in my eyes. And I do believe they're going to get uh, – Justin Herbert's going to get his his victory in this particular matchup. But what say you? Uh, yeah, it's the Chargers. I, I'm not buying into the Menchu mania. I've only bought into one mania in my whole entire life, and that was Hulkamania. I'm not buying into Menchu mania. Uh, and it's the Chargers. They're playing really good under Herbert, and they have the best, I would say, best defense event tandem in all of the NFL in Ingram and Bosa. So I would pick the Chargers all day long against this Jaguars team. 
Uh, I agree. And when we, when, when we look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, they're just so terrible. Uh, there was a reason Leonard Fournette was, uh, was pleased that he left that team. And, and listen, Gardner Minshew, he's an all right quarterback, but uh, he's, he's definitely not shown us a whole lot in terms of promise these last couple of games. And I, I believe going to Los Angeles, playing against a very hopeful Chargers team that are looking to win for Justin Herbert, just not a good recipe of success for uh, Jacksonville, in my opinion. The next game that we got, the Sunday night game, this is the game that was, uh, you know, taken over uh, instead of the Tampa Bay-Las Vegas game that I talked about earlier on uh, my bonus episode that you'll be able to hear uh, by watching uh, our episode directory. <laughs> so the, the <laughs> Seattle, the Seattle-Arizona game, this is a game that I, you know, is worthy of being flexed over. I do believe you got the a very promising quarterback in his second year going up against the MVP of the NFL League. Do not argue with me. Otherwise, I will point you to a chapter in my book called Wrong, and I will show you that's where you belong. Nonetheless, Seattle, Russell Wilson, the future MVP. I do believe they're, now they've always played good in Arizona. They always had. Now, Arizona can sometimes sneak up on you when they go to Seattle and get a victory, but when Seattle goes to Arizona, normally Seattle takes the victory in, in terms of his recent history, and I will give Seattle the victory over the Arizona Cardinals. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a no brainer. Uh, like you, I agree 100% with you. He is the playing MVP. He is playing lights out football every step. Uh, Seattle is not out of any game at any time. And uh, it's the Seahawks all the way. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You know, Seattle, they've got the wide receivers. They got the quarterback. They got the coach. And, you know, when I look at all that, now both defenses aren't necessarily particularly great, so I do believe that there's going to be a shootout involved, but I do believe Seattle wins that shootout at the end. Now, let's talk about the last game that we got going on, Uh, Chicago Bears at the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Listen, as I said before, the Los Angeles Rams are a fraudulent football team, in my opinion. Look at who they played. The Giants, really. Eagles, really. Washington football team, really? Dallas Cowboys, really? So really, who have they actually played well? The teams they've actually played, they have lost to. They actually lost to a Buffalo Bills team that you hate. They've actually played a San Francisco 49ers team that they had lost to last Sunday night, as I predicted. So, with all that being said, Chicago will take the victory in this particular game. What are your thoughts? I'm going with the Rams. <laughs> I, I like the Rams. The Bills did beat them, but in their defense, they gave the Bills a run for their money. And I, I like the back, the basics, uh, Los Angeles Rams. I really like what they did. I mean, you lose Todd Gurley, so you're like, okay, that's uh, one less mouth to feed. 
and uh, they could have easily been five and one right now. But I'm going to go with the Rams. I don't believe in Nick Folds. I've never believed in Nick Folds. So just a straight up Nick Foles hater. <laughs> oh, I, yes, yes. If you listen to the two point, I did a what if what if episode with uh, Jack. He does, um, and he's a big Nick Folds lover. Loves Nick Folds. I'm not a Nick Folds guy. I I feel I see Nick Folds for what he is. Uh, an average to good quarterback, a good quarterback on a good day. And I know he's playing in a system that he's played in before and everything else, but I think that magic runs out at some point. And I think um, I got to go with the Rams. And I got to say this, man, I, I, I can't take the Rams seriously. I really can't. They haven't beaten anybody that I can consider a quality opponent. And yes, they played a close game against the Buffalo Bills, but uh, that they still lost. They, they still lost. And when I look at San Francisco, that probably should have been a game that even if I was wrong about that, they could have won, but they didn't. So I just don't, I do not trust this Rams team at this particular moment in time. Now, what we're going to go ahead and do is our next segment here is the horror movie draft. Now, we are going to make this a little bit shorter just because of time constraints, because I know you're on a, stri- a strict schedule, my guy. Uh, we're going to do five quick rounds. Now, I have already covered some horror movies on this particular show, so we are going to leave that those lists alone. I gave you a copy of the list that we have in terms of the movies that we have already taken, so we'll leave those out of the equation. Uh, go ahead and choose your first one, my guy. You have the first pick. Okay, I'm you said we can pick pretty much anything horror, horror movie spoofs. I'm going to pick one that I completely forgot about until you explained this to me and what we could pick. And we all know The Exorcist. I see The Exorcist on there. It's a big one. But there was a spoof of The Exorcist that was almost like a sequel in the same sense. And it's called Repossessed. And it is a great movie. It's a spoof. I believe Leslie Nielsen in it. Linda Blair is in it. And it's pretty much about her getting possessed again, but on TV to show, you know, to show on TV that they could do an exorcism on TV and everything else. I haven't seen it in years, but when you mentioned horror movies and even picking, you know, scarier movies, I was like, yeah, this is one that I definitely got to pick right away. And I mean, that's, uh, and listen, you know, I, uh, that's exactly the theme of what I'm looking to do uh, with the horror movie draft. It's, we are not doing technically horror films, you know, this can be any particular, uh, this could be any particular horror film. Now, I will say this, you know, this idea is definitely based off of my man, uh, Leo Rydell and his Geekly Goods channel with the uh, law. 
live horror movie draft special that we did, I want to say about two weekends ago, right around October 10th, 11th, I would definitely recommend checking that out as that has a fantastic, and I mean fantastic team of movie industry YouTube experts, in my opinion, giant pe- uh, people in, in the YouTube industry world that I was uh, humble enough to be a big part of. So I would definitely recommend checking out Geekly Goods and the live horror movie draft after you see this episode. But in terms of my next pick that I'm going to go with, and because you had mentioned a spoof movie, I'm going to give you a spoof movie right back. It is a spoof of, and you mentioned, you know, this. We've mentioned a couple of movies on before. I mean, the sign signs is an example I'd like to put out there, and what a and one particular movie that came out that uh, starred a, a, a Charlie Sheen before he went absolutely nuts. Scary Movie Three is going to be my first pick here, and why? It's got the horror movie elements in terms of, you know, combining stuff from the ring, uh, in terms of signs, as I mentioned before. And, you know, it, it, what I like about Scary Movie, before it got really stupid with, in my opinion, 4 or 5 and whatever else came after that, is, you know, it really tried to be a bit smarter with how... You, it was early 2000s humor, so you gotta also take that in, into consideration. But I do love the fact that it did try to be the last good scary movie, and I definitely appreciate where that movie came from. Yeah, that's a, that's a good choice. I, li- I like that one. I'm more of a scary movie too guy, but I definitely do like that one. Uh, with my next pick, I'm gonna go way back, and I never even knew about this. Uh, Oh, one of my favorite YouTube channels, other than Geekly Goods, is uh, Cinemassacre. And I don't know if you've ever seen it. James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd, he also does Monster Month. Oh, I and- love that guy, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he does Monster Month. And he, he did a little preview of this and told me, you know, kind of gave you, told you about it. And I had to look it up and I've watched most of it. Because it's a silent film, but it's a horror film, and it's the cabinet of Doctor Doctor Kariagi, I want to say Kariagi, and it's so when he tells you the story of it, it's great. But when you look at the setting, it gives you such a Tim Burton feel, like you know Tim Burton had to watch this at one point and gotten an inspiration from it. It's it starts off, you know another man is talking to another man and he's telling him this whole entire thing and going into about, uh, he went to a show and this person comes out of this cabinet and he tells one person they're going to die and murders happen. But I don't want to spoil it. I think it's on Tubi. Yeah. I will start watching on Tubi TV. It is really great. And if you just want the gist of it, you can probably look it up somewhere on YouTube but it's a silent film from like the twenties, but it's so good and so creepy that you're, you're almost shocked the way that it is. I mean, you don't get to hear it, but you, you gotta, it's like I said, it's a silent film, but it's so great and so eerie and creepy the whole entire story. And that's a pick, especially if we're going back uh, almost a hundred years ago, almost a century ago, if we're looking for some great horror films. So I will definitely keep that under under mind. I'm to see him on a real raw shit, but you ain't 
I got to keep it all to myself, you know what I mean? It's understandable. You know exactly who a motherfucker is, though. You know what I'm saying? You know exactly who a motherfucker is. You could have been right here with a motherfucker, but you ain't wanna be right here with a motherfucker. How the fuck you gonna look at me now and try to highlight me like we motherfucking friends? You know we ain't no motherfucking friends. What I want to go ahead and talk about is, you know, a a movie that was based off of another timeless, classic, sci-fi kind of horror anthology show back from the 1960s. It uh, it definitely still captured the original feel, albeit with a few more horror elements that I've definitely appreciated and how it was more updated to an 80s audience. Now, what is this movie called that I keep uh, referencing? It is the Twilight Zone movie. This is, it it, it literally is just like the original TV show. It's a bunch, it's like an anthology and it gives you three specific episodes. Now, there's going to be a throwback to a classic episode. I won't give that away, so please go watch that film because that is a great piece of cinema, but I do love, you know, how it goes into different themes, how it goes into different episodes, and it was definitely something that, you know, I was on this my seat of, and I would definitely have that as like a replay value kind of movie, in my opinion. I've, I've watched the original Twilight Zone, but I've never seen the Twilight Zone movie, and I really would like to watch it. I've heard really great things about it, because I love... The Twilight Zone. It's very. It, it's an it, underrated it's, TV show. An underrated yes. classic. Yes, and it's something that can still stand up to today. And that's one great thing that I really, 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 really like about it. I mean, it's black and white, but those stories can stand up today and still get your mind thinking. That is one thing I love about The Twilight Zone. All right, so uh, where am I at? Third pick. I got a bunch listed. And I'm going to go with one that I saw that wasn't on the list. And I was actually kind of surprised. And that is Puppet Master. Great choice. Great choice. I was like a little baffled that Puppet Master wasn't on there. I've... This was a movie where my my dad liked the horror movie, horror movie suspense genre, and I could remember, you know, you come into the room and you're like, "What are you watching?" And Puppet Master would be on. I haven't watched it in years, once again, but it's something that has left an impression on me. Uh, I remember, I don't know exactly which one it was, but I remember the puppet called Six Shooter or whatever, and he would just it had uh, six arms and he would just shoot you. And everything else, but Puppet Master is something that always stands out to me when I think of a horror movie. One of my all-time favorites. And great choice right there, and you know, we could even go into the Puppet Master series, but you know, in terms of making this particular draft of fun and not stale, we will not mention the sequels, just the original classic, and so great choice there. Now, for this next pick of mine, we actually mentioned its predecessor on one of our earlier episodes. So whether you want to call that cheating or not is certainly up to you. But in my eyes, I do believe it is still a classic, a must-see in my opinion. And that is going to be Child's Play Two. Now, what I do like about this is that Chucky looks a little bit better than, you know, the the 
original film. And it, while it seems a little bit silly, it's definitely a lot sillier than the original film, if you will. I do like that it still has the same flavor from Brad Dourif, who uh, plays Chucky in that movie. Again, crazier scenes than what happened in the first one, but production was definitely a lot better, and definitely one that I could recommend if you want to watch Child's Play and Child's Play 2 back-to-back. That's definitely a cannot-miss sequel uh, from the original. Yeah, I love Child's Play 2. <laughs> it's actually my favorite one out of all of them. It's it's definitely like hands down the best. Uh, even better than the first one. Uh, now that's so, controversial. I think it is. It's it's one that I watched. I was little. I actually had nightmares about that. Uh, Chucky chasing after me because I would watch it so much. <laughs> just Child's Play too. Was just, I don't know why, but I did. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to go a little underrated as well. And when I was thinking of what I wanted to pick, I thought of things that stood out in my mind that, because I don't watch too many horror movies now. And if I do, it's, it's, it has a lost, it's lost that scary luster as a child. So I kind of went into the child once again, nostalgia type mode. and. Here's when I wasn't so much of a child when it came out, uh, a little bit more of a teenager, but I remember watching this on like Cinemax and stuff. And I remember the stories within it were very good and, you know, they seemed kind of cheesy, but they were, they were still cool. And that's Tales from the Hood. I, I, I love Tales from the Hood. Uh, my favorite one is the senator that lives in the house of, uh, the of I think like a former slave and there's dolls everywhere and the dolls attack him because he's a racist senator from you know like the KKK and he keeps on smacking these dolls all around and they tell him not to do it but he keeps on doing it and then they all these dolls just kind of gang up on him but it's small little things at first that they go around you know knocking over tables and stuff like that and that's the one story that stood out in my mind through it throughout majority of that but i loved tales from the hood you know that was a movie that i was gonna put on this list so how dare you steal that from me my guy but you know that's a great pick i remember and you know it kind of reminds me of you know an earlier draft choice that i made the twilight zone movie it was an anthology kind of horror i love the also the what would you call it? The overlaying story in terms of, you know, they're following this particular, you know, crazy reverend inside this church house. And, you know, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but it's definitely a twist for sure. And for my next pick, you know, I, I have to go. Dang, I'm going to go with another kind of. And so, not really an anthology, but I remember this being a more modern horror film that I got to see with a couple of friends of mine. What I like about this is it's based off of a book. If you haven't read it yet, I definitely recommend that you do. But my choice is going to be a scary stories to tell in the dark. Now, 
I know that this particular movie is PG-13, not necessarily R-rated, but, you know, some of the stories right there. I'm going to go with the Scarecrow. I'm going to go with uh, whatever that thing was from the uh, Insane Asylum. And again, I'm not going to do any spoilers on this show right here, but I'm going to tell you to watch that movie and you'll figure out what I'm talking about. But Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was definitely creepy and uh, one that I was just, you know, absolutely... uh, Now, I wouldn't say terrified, but it definitely gave me that uncomfortable feeling that a horror movie that's filled with dread should give you, and that's going to be my next choice. Uh, I've actually never seen that one either. (laughs) i got to check out some of these. Seriously. Uh, (laughs) My final choice, and i got some good ones on here that I could go with, but I keep on staring at it. And I think it's a movie and it gets a bad rap because of its name. And I think if you remove the name and look at the movie, it's kind of a cool idea. And I'm going to go with Halloween three with the Shamrock Corporation or whatever the, with the masks. And the funny story behind this is my friend Dave loves horror movies i wasn't a big fan but i'd sit there and watch it with him and he'd go watch this and we were watching all the halloween movies and i said what about halloween three and he said don't ever watch that that's horrible don't ever watch it doesn't even have to do anything with michael myers don't ever watch it so i'm like why is he telling me not to watch this this is stupid so all of a sudden halloween three was coming on tv and i watched it and i was like this is kind of a cool idea even though it doesn't have mike michael myers in it and i think that's where it gets a bad rap is because of the title of Halloween and he's not in it. But if you take away the title and watch the movie, it is a really great horror movie, especially, you know, the whole premises behind the mask and everything else. Not going to try and do too many spoilers, but I really enjoyed Halloween three. So here's the thing, right? I think that's a great choice, by the way. But the original basis for this concept as, you know, in terms of, you know, basis of a YouTube analysis. So I could be I could be missing the point here. But the initial intention was this is supposed to kick off a series of Halloween movies where instead of Michael Myers, we get a different Halloween story told every time. And knowing that that was going to be the original concept and that's where kind of Halloween 3 was going to take it, it was a cool idea. But I think you're right. It just gets a bad rap because, oh, it doesn't have Michael Myers. But I think that's what's so cool about where the Halloween series could have gone. So I'm in agreement with you. I don't believe Halloween 3 deserves the bad rap that it gets in my personal opinion. And then for my last pick, I'm going to go with the film that started the found footage film industry, or at least one of the more pioneer ones, if you will. Now, this one if you watch the uh, episode that I did with my good friend Michael Warner and a Cursed History podcast founder, now under the Spell podcast, uh, MJ they disrespected this film to no end, and I was just like, excuse me, how dare you? But we're going to go with the Blair Witch Project, the original Blair Witch Project, I will say. And what I like about this film is, you know, it gives you that sense of terror. The marketing in it was really done well when it was originally shown. And it's one of those movies where it was like, it gives you a sense of suspense, 
you know, it, it really gives you that suspense feeling until the very end, and then you're absolutely terrified, and it's like a thrill ride, if you will, and I, I gotta say, this is definitely one of the more underappreciated horror films that we got in the late 90s. I gotta say, and you're gonna probably hate me for this one. Oh, no. I agree with you with the terror and everything else and, you know, keeping you on the edge of your seat and everything. I'm a closure guy. When I watch a movie, I kind of need closure unless I know there's a second one coming out. And in the first Blair Witch, I never got closure. I wanted to see the Blair Witch. I wanted to know more. And then it kind of just ended there. And then after that, anything that has to do anything with the Blair Witch I just never even wanted to bother with because I didn't get to see the Blair Witch but I agree with you on being able to keep you in suspense all the way through it and go through different things and look when they would turn a corner or anything like that I thought it was great in that aspect I just didn't get what I wanted so I think that's more of a personal problem than anything else like uh like colin coward said that's more of a that's more of a, a you problem than a me problem so that's where i'm going in with this so when you when i talk to you about this it's more of my problem than your problem with this movie but i do agree with most of the aspects of this movie well, again, we all have different opinions on this film. I understand that it's probably one of the more mixed films in terms of the, how the horror movie uh, community sees it. So I am definitely not going to say your opinion is wrong, but my opinion is more right, I will say about that. But uh, <laughs> we'll go ahead and leave that alone for, for right now. My man, Andrew. It has been such a pleasure to have you here on the Keeping It 100 uh, podcast. I appreciate you for stopping by. Where can our lovely audience be able to catch you, uh, show us your social media? Just give us the whole shebang, if you will. All right. Well, you can catch me every Sunday. I'm on iTunes, Spotify, uh, the BICP Radio Network. Uh, That is... I got to give a big shout out to them because they have been absolutely wonderful to me. So uh, Chris Chavez, definitely a great guy for letting me on the network without even knowing me. Uh, Thank you very much. And so I'm on there every Sunday is a new episode. I just started on helium radio doing a review and history uh, of pop culture history and that show premiere that show will premiere i believe this friday at 7 p.m. every friday and we also be playing on a loop so i'm also on the helium radio uh you can catch me doing some youtube videos it's some old podcasts we can review and maybe some other stuff uh let's talk but no politics for youtube let's talk but no politics okay for instagram and facebook let's talk no politics okay because i'm always throwing up different content whether it's different questions or just today and today in history for pop culture i will is on that so i'm trying to expand as much as possible i'm not up there i would say with you and matt yet but i'm trying to get there i'm trying to climb the mountain 
Hey, man, and, and I, I will say this. You do a fantastic job. Like I said, we have definitely had a fun-filled day today, not just on my show, but I definitely appreciate the invite to uh, let's just let's talk but no politics, okay? I definitely appreciated that appearance, especially because I had a lot of fun talking to you about, you know, who would we have doing our uh, voiceovers, if you will. You know, that's just one incredible subject matter that you put to the table, but you definitely have a lot of passion a lot of fire and a lot of energy and I, I cannot wait to see what steps, what road you take and we're definitely looking for more high quality content from you, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I do what I can as I tell people. I do what I can and I can what I do. <laughs> and you do and you do great things. You do great things. And uh, for my guy, and Drew Lenz. And, by the way, this fantastic production was done by the man, the myth, the legend, Lift Chain. This is Jordan Rosario, a.k.a. DJ Storytime for the Keeping It 100 podcast. And we're signing off. <laughs>